Amen. And what about a hallelujah? hallelujah? Very good. Love that. I used to have that little sign that I would, now that I don't preach from behind there, I don't know why, I'm just too short, but nonetheless, I used to have a little sign there that said, um, hallelujah. And every time I would say something good, was, which was a lot, I would hold that sign up. And uh, <laughs> apparently it's not been working very well lately, but nonetheless, we're glad you're here. Good morning. So what is God looking for is a question that a lot of people ask, and um, perhaps you're asking that today. What is He looking for in me? Of course, the fruit of the Spirit and all those things that are supposed to come out of us as Christians, certainly He's looking to see evidence that we are really who we say we are and who it is that we are following in life. And um, so there's uh, multiple things that a person could really discuss and talk about. What is the Lord really looking for? I want to give you these three things today that I think will help all of us in this room because I believe that every day God is looking for these three things in every single one of us. Whether we are Christians or non-Christians, God is looking for this in our lives. And so I really want to address those today because there are some times in our lives we feel as though we drift a little bit. We just drift a little bit and maybe with even uh, our friends or our family and even sometimes even with God, we find ourselves drifting a little bit, meaning that we're not as close as what we once were. Our relationship is a little bit, uh, it's just not as sharp as it used to be. I think all of us as Christians get to that point sometime in our life. So what is he looking for? I would suggest these three things for sure, as you see that on the screen for you. Is it an open heart, a ready attitude, and a sensitive spirit? I believe that with all of my heart because if you have an open heart, you have the capability to receive. If it's closed, you can't receive what God wants for your life. But he also wants you to have a ready attitude, and the attitude is important, but in this to be ready for that because if you're not ready in all of this, you, you won't be ready to do what God has called you to do. But if you have this ready attitude... Whatever it is that God calls you to do in life, you're ready to do it. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. And then to have a sensitive attitude is very important, or a sensitive spirit about us, I should say. And this is important so that you know that it's from God. You know that it's the voice of God speaking to you and not the spaghetti from last night. You know, a lot of people in life, they, are, they say they're sensitive to God, but they're really not. They, you hear people say this, this is what God wants me to do. Well, it might be what God wants you to do, but oftentimes what I discover with visiting with someone for a period of time is they discover what they want to do, and then they tell you that God has called me to do it. God normally doesn't work that way, so you have to be sensitive in your spirit to be able to weigh out the two differences in your life as we go through our journey and on our journey together. I heard of a head football coach. He hires this new assistant. He had never been an assistant coach before. He's kind of green. So he sets this coach down, and he says, Son, he said, let me tell you. He said, you know know these ball players out there? He said, you know these ball players that get hit and knocked down and they don't get up? He said, oh, yeah, coach. He said, we don't want a player like that, do we? Nope, we don't want a player like that. He said, you know those ball players that get hit and they get knocked down, but they get back up, and then they get slammed really hard, and they don't get back up. He said, yeah, coach. He said, we don't want those on our team, do we? He said, nope, we're not looking for anybody like that. He said, but son, he said, you know those players that get hit, and they get knocked down, they get back up? 
They get hit again and get knocked down and they get back up. And again they get hit and they get knocked down and they get knocked down and they get knocked down and they get knocked down. Over and over again they get knocked down, but they keep getting back up. And he said, yes, coach, that's the kind of player we're looking for, right? And the coach said, no. What do you mean, no? He said, who then are we looking for? He leaned into the young coach and simply said, we're looking for the guy that knocks all these players down. They were looking for a particular, and that's what they were after. And in our lives, we need to be that way as well, to be able to figure out what it is that God wants for us or what God wants is looking for in our lives. Because I promise you today, He sees exactly where you're at in your life. He knows exactly how your marriage is going. He knows exactly how your business is going. He knows what your attitude is. He knows everything there is to know about you. So he's looking within you, the individual, and he's looking for something. So what is it? I want to give you those three things once again. Then we can go have a potluck together if you care to stay with us. We'd love for you to stay today and eat with us. But here we go. He's looking for people that are open to him. There is no doubt. The Lord searches the heart and examines the mind. Once again, God knows exactly what's going on in your heart right now. He knows exactly what you're thinking this very moment. That's how good God is. He looks into our hearts because that's precisely what He is after. And we have to have an open heart in our lives to receive from God. So the question becomes very simple. Are you open to God or close to God? Are you open to God or close to God? Now, just because you come to church does not mean that you're open to God. Many people come to church, but they do not, and they are not open to God. Oh, they say they are, but they're not prompted by God in any way because it is just a service that they do. It is just something they come. It's something they do on a Sunday. So just because you come to church doesn't make that the case. But by being here, if you listen to the Word of God your heart can be opened. And that's what God is after. There is no doubt. He's always open to you. He wants you to be open to Him. You have to stay open to receive. Now, in God's storehouse, He has plenty, more than enough. Can I have an amen? Now, if God has plenty and more than enough, especially for you, He has more than enough. If He does, it's always open. The question is, do you really want to receive what God has for your life? I got a few amens. Do you really want to receive what God has for your life? If that is the case, then you have to have that open heart to be able to receive from God. Normally what we do is, and often what we do, I should say, is we take that sign. You know that sign in the window at the store that says opened and closed? Oftentimes what we find ourselves is we turn the sign over and we say we're closed for business. We do that often in our lives. Anybody but me do that? It said, I'm really tired of this thing that I'm doing right now, and I just want to close shop for a little while and do my own thing. Anybody out there? And in that process, when we close that or we turn that sign to the close, what we normally do is we keep it closed until something goes haywire in our life, and then you know what we do? We flip that sign like that. It says, open for business. Here I am. Help me. You ever do that? Anybody besides me? I've been there and I've done that. Listen to me. You have to be open 24-7, 365, they say. 
type of Christian. Because first of all, you need his presence. And you need his presence in your life always. When do you not need God in your life? When is it? But those moments in which you turn the closed sign, what you're saying to God, I don't need you right now. And if we're guilty of turning it to closed, we need to make sure that we just keep it to open. And in that process of that, we need his presence. But more importantly, or I would say secondly, you never know when he wants to make a deposit into your life. And this is the great thing about God. It's usually when you're least expected, God shows up and wants to make a deposit into your life. I wonder often in my life how many deposits that God had for my life, blessings he had for me, that I missed because I had the sign flipped over. It works in our lives like that. Don't make God in all of this more uh, in this thinking that he's... How can I say this right? I'm to make sure that I do. Don't make God more complicated than He is. Because when you make God more complicated than He is, you normally will turn the closed sign off or turn it on more often. You will flip it over to the closed. It is because you're trying to make God more complicated than He is. Now someone's going to say, well, I know Isaiah 55, and Isaiah 55 tells us that His thoughts and our thoughts are light years apart, and they are, give me an Amen. But the scripture is very clear in John 14 that he lives within us. God's as close as your next heartbeat. Imagine that. Your next breath, God knows whether it's coming or not. He's already ordered it for you. So God is closer than one might think. Scripture also tells us that we are to be still and know that there is a God. Your heart beats all the time. And as it beats, but in that process, you know when you hear your heart beat the best? Is when you're still, when you're calm. You ever lay, just lay down and everybody's real quiet and you can actually hear your heart beat? It's in the stillness sometimes that God speaks to us. If you search for me, you will find me. If you search for me with all of your heart, he says... In Psalms 46, be still and know that I am God. Donna, Donna says it like this. She says, you can know there's a God by just taking a hot shower. It's true, isn't it? You just feel the presence of God. And James chapter 4 says, come near to God and I'll come near to you. He'll come near to us. God wants you to know him. He already knows all about you. He wants you to know all about him. How much do you know about God? If someone were to ask you, tell me about your God, how long would it take for you to stop talking about your God? Here's a real, real easy way to do that. This afternoon or sometime when you find the time, get you a piece of paper and simply sit down and say, this is what I know about my God. And see how long that it takes before you stop. For some, it might be a few sentences. But you can't wrap God up in a few sentences, can you? Because our God is a good, good God. Give me an amen. The more complicated you make God, the more distance you put between you and God every time. God will make his path known to you and to us on our journey together. 
But if you're not open, you will miss that. You'll miss the turn. Anybody ever miss the turn? Any guys out there is willing to admit that they miss their turn? Any women out there willing to raise your hand knowing that your husband was the one that missed the turn? Yeah. You missed the turn for several reasons. You weren't paying attention. That's one big reason, isn't it? You don't know where you're at. That's another big reason. Or your wife's talking to you, right? Well, in our spiritual lives, it's the same thing. And God wants us to be open so that we don't miss the turns that he has for our lives. And when we miss it, sometimes it's missed forever. He keeps us moving down the way until he takes us another journey. And he's asking somebody today in this room, is your heart open to me today? Am I finally getting across to you how much I love you? Is your heart open to God? He's looking for that today. Secondly, he's looking for people that are ready to receive him. A ready-to-receive attitude. When the open sign is placed in the window of the store, it simply means that we are now ready to receive you now. You ever stand, here, here's one for you, ladies. Let's pick down the guys, let's pick down the ladies. You ever go to a store that wasn't open and you were just a few minutes early? Do you ever stand outside the door and you saw people in the store and they were, what, Anybody? All right, we've got a few honest ones here. The rest of you come on up front and we'll pray for you. And you're, you're looking in there and you know that there's people in there. I, I, what's, I just don't, my clock must be, I don't know. You ever do that? And you're waiting for one thing or you wouldn't be there. You're waiting for them to flip that sign over. Open for business. Ready to receive you now. We're preparing for you here. We're not ready to receive you, but now we're ready to receive. Are you ready to receive what God would have for your life? What God would have you do in your life? Listen, God is in the shipping and delivering business. There is no doubt. And what he wants, and we need to remember, is that we are in the receiving business. Some of you probably ordered something last week from whatever it is that you ordered it off of, and you're waiting for it. To come. Anybody order anything? Let's just be honest. Anybody order anything last week and it didn't come yet, but you can't wait for it to get here? Anybody? You see, God is saying, are you ready for me like that in your life? Are you really anticipating what I'm going to do in your life today? Are you really looking for that package that I'm ready to deliver to you? Because you see, in all of this, you have to be ready. Stay ready. And watch God prove himself over and over and over again. Give me an amen. I always say this, especially about this time of the year. When I was in high school, we moved from Michigan to Kentucky. And the first time my wife, Donna, saw me in the lunchroom, she fell in love with me instantly. <laughs> now, that is a true story. You may not believe it, but she can testify. She fell in love with me instantly. But do you know why she fell in love with me instantly? No. <laughs> well, I ain't telling you. I think it was, and I thought about that, I think it was because she was ready to meet a good-looking guy like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's right there. Shh, 
Women are to be silent in church. <laughs> Not. All right. <laughs> oh, man, how do you feel that one in? I don't know. And here we are some 43 years after high school, actually 46 after high school, but 43 years ago tomorrow, we'll celebrate our 43rd anniversary. So I wanted to tell my wife in front of everybody, happy anniversary, sweetheart. You bet. And she still thinks I'm great, but let's go on. And I think she's wonderful. On a serious note, Scripture tells us that we are to be ready because the Lord's coming someday. The question is real simple for you if you're not a Christian. Are you ready? And then for the Christian, are you ready? Because the Lord doesn't lie. Someday he's coming back. Oh, it may not be today. Most likely it won't be today. But one day he's coming back. And it's a simple question. Are you ready for his return? Are you? Be ready. You can be open and not ready and miss out, and you can be ready and not open and still miss out. Now, we get ready for everything in our lives. We get ready for work. We get ready for school. You school teachers out there, and we're praying for you, and you see all these up here, these, I think, almost 260, maybe over 260 uh, backpacks that we're going to be able to supply all their needs for a school this year. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Give yourself a round of applause. Go ahead and do that. So we're getting ready for school, and you teachers out there, you're preparing your class and getting all your work orders and everything, getting everything taken care of. You get ready for everything, ready for school, ready for weddings, ready, ready for vacation, <laughs> and ready for retirement. We get ready for everything. But are you ready for heaven? You prepare for everything in your life. Have you prepared for heaven? That's a simple question. Have you prepared for heaven? If you haven't, you can today. That's the great thing about today. Now, if you're a Christian, and most of us in this room have already accepted Christ as our Savior and Lord, amen, and I'm ready. I'm ready, we say. But in that process, I would ask this question. Then are you ready to live the life that God wants you to live? Because you see, there's a life here on this earth and there's a life eternal with God. God's already sealed the deal in heaven and eternity, but God wants to have you to have a full life while you're here, John 10.10. And remember, Satan is the one who wants to come in and steal all that stuff away, but God says, I want you to have a full life. And so, Christian, are you living that full life? Not with all the things and all the things of the world which God has blessed you with. Once again, He has blessed you. But are you living that full life as the Christian that he's called you to be in this life? You can't have a full life unless you stay ready. And so are you ready? You cheerleaders, a couple of cheerleaders I know we have here, are you ready? They sing that little cheer. Ready, 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 ready whatever it is. I don't know, I'm not a cheerleader. Coach Manning back there, he's one of the head football coaches here in town, of course, and proud of him and um, he has several assistants, I know. Been in the locker room with him and his, his players, and he just conducts himself so well. I'm so thankful for that, that we have these, these people that are in place that can really, even there, do that. 
And, 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 but yet he has the, all these assistants and look around and this guy's, this guy's that and this guy does this and this guy does that. He has all these assistants. And it will soon be Friday Night Lights all over our country before you know it. And I guarantee you that Brett and head coaches all across this country are asking their assistant coaches one thing. Are they ready? Tell me, are they ready? Is my front line ready? Is my defense ready? Is my special teams ready? And on and on the list goes. Because he knows just in a few short weeks, he knows what's going to happen. Those lights are going to flip on, and they're going to step out there on that field, and within a few minutes, most people or many, many people in the stands are going to know if they're ready or not. Oh, they may be outsized, and they may just have a a much better team and more to pick from, but you'll know whether they're ready or not. And we as Christians are called to be ready, and our playing field is out there, if you will. That playing field, God is asking us, are you ready? Are you ready? Because if we're not ready, the real world around us knows exactly if we're ready or not. Your co-workers and people that you meet every single day, they know whether you're ready or not, if you're really who you say you are in the Lord. How do I know that? Here's a good, easy way to figure that out in your life. When things go haywire at work, who do they go to? If they come to you, they know specifically that you are ready. I promise you. And that's what we are called to do, is we are called to be ready. God has called us to be ready. There is no doubt. First Peter chapter 3, look at it in the New Century Version. I say, always be ready, he said, to answer everyone who asked you to explain about the hope that you have. Listen to me. As a Christian, if you can't explain the hope that you have, you need to go back to elementary. And the reason why I say that is because it's very simple. Jesus Christ died for me and I accepted what he did on the cross and he saved me from my sins and he can save you as well give me an amen it's that simple the hope I have is heaven do you have it are you ready is the question number three God's looking for those who are sensitive toward him there is no doubt sensitivity is important in our life being sensitive sensitive in our marriages and things that we we say or do or whatever those might be In Romans chapter 8, notice what it says. Those who live according to the flesh. Do you see that? Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. Now the scripture goes on to tell us, throughout scripture, tells us what those fleshly things are. I don't have to tell you what they are because you already know, don't you? Sure you do. What we try to do is we try to categorize them in our life. And when we categorize them, what we do is we put the real bad ones way over here and we say, boy, oh boy, I haven't a desire of any of these real bad ones. Pornography doesn't bother me a bit. But then the other ones that are really the ones we might deal with every day on a a challenge basis in our own lives, we often, oh, yeah, it's a fleshly battle that we're in. There is no doubt. Watch this, what it says. But those who live accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. When's the last time you asked God 
God, teach my spirit what you desire for me. What is your desire for my life, Lord? What is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to be? What is it that you want me to give? Before you give your offering, have you asked God lately, what is it that you desire for me to give? Not just a habit of. And perhaps by doing that, it can stir someone to write even that check that's not $20, but maybe it's $21. Maybe it's 75 or maybe a thousand I don't know but have you asked the spirit lately what he's called you to do if you're sensitive to God's spirit you will not hesitate to ask him what it is that he wants from you you just won't one cannot be sensitive to the spirit unless he desires the spirit and when you desire something the most you become most sensitive to it Resisting the Spirit's movement in your life can cost you greatly. It has cost me many times in my life. Listen, there is a distance that I can move that I can no longer hear you speak or what you're saying, no matter how loud you yell. Do you know that? If we're standing here and you stand in the back of the auditorium and you talk with me, talk to me and yell at me, I can hear you. Out to the end of our property, I can hear you. Perhaps even at the end of the street up here, you could yell real loud and I could say, I can hear you. But I guarantee you, you go to Cash, Oklahoma, and I can't hear you no matter how loud you yell. So there is a distance in my life, your life, that we can move that we no longer hear. And that's precisely what causes us in our lives to lose the sensitivity with God is because we move away from God. Many Christians miss out on what it is that God has waiting for them. You don't have to be one. You don't have to miss what God has for your life right now. For instance, if you're not a Christian, right now God wants you saved. I guarantee it. Amen? Amen. Through Jesus Christ and Him alone. And so today, God wants that for your life. You don't have to miss it. You can just receive it today. Give me another amen. amen. That's how good God is. Move closer. And as you move closer, you become more sensitive to what God would have you do in your life. When I talk about God moving in our lives, and I know a lot of people get freaked out about that in your lives, but you must understand that it takes being sensitive in your spirit. There's a reason why God's parked himself with inside of us. The reason why God has parked himself inside of us so that we might get to know him. And if you get to know him a little bit better in a relationship you're going to be sensitive to what his promptings are in your life. And your desires of the flesh will be less, and your desires for the Spirit will be more. Give me an amen. You and I are most sensitive to those that we are closest to in our relationships. It's just a fact. Somebody that you never met, you don't know if they're happy or sad. Maybe by a look or something, you might be able to see they're a little upset. But if you have a close friend or a family member or a husband or wife, and you, look, you can read those individuals. Best friends can read people. And what do they do? They, they, they can look at you. I know Mike or Chad would tell me sometimes, Hey, everything all right, brother? You, I, I've got a little bit of feel right here. Ever, ever do that? It is because you're close to that person. And if your relationship with God is at a distance, he won't know when he's prompting you. 
the more you know him and the more you experience who he is on your journey, the more you will feel his prompting in your life. This is where you develop, and I want you to listen real closely as we close out. This is where you develop discernment in your life. Now, discernment in your life is valuable. Okay? It is valuable. And God wants to, for you to be in this mode of receiving from Him so that you can have this discerning spirit. Without discernment in your life or the discernment of God, you have no good judgment. You only have a fleshly judgment. Did you catch it? Because that's where you're at. But if you understand God and you have this uh, discernment of God and you're this relationship with God, it moves in that. But without God, you don't have good judgment and or I would simply say common sense. One of the biggest problems in our country today, oh no, he's going to get political. No, I'm not. This is biblical. I'll prove it. One of the biggest problems in our country today is that we have lost our common sense. When you cannot call a boy a boy or a girl a girl, someone has lost their mind. How do I know this is true? History repeats itself. You've heard that, haven't you? This is a long time ago. The Israelites lost their common sense, and it cost them greatly. And it will do the same for us if we don't get back to a godly discernment in our country. In the book of Deuteronomy, there is now just this, after after God releases His people out of captivity for 400 years, all they can do is complain and argue. It's all they can do. It's it. And through that, they lose common sense. And so now Moses is about to die, and so he's passing the torch to Joshua. And before that takes place, and a lot of other things are going to take place, before that takes place, there's this reading of. And there in Deuteronomy, there's a lot. Just read it. It's like eye-opening. Because you can almost put it up to a daily newspaper if you could find one that was honest. Deuteronomy chapter 32, it says these words, They are a nation without sense. Pretty strong, isn't it? There is no discernment in them. If only they were wise and would understand this and discern what their end will be. Wow. So I just said it like this. A society that begins to celebrate depravity is a society that is soon to be released from God's protection. Lord, forgive us. We better be careful. Extremely. Godly discernment is developed in our lives by getting to know God and becoming sensitive to the voice, His voice in our spirits. Like a wine taster. I don't know anything about wine. I think I've had maybe a couple of sips of wine my entire life. Not against it. You drink wine. Hey, no. Oh, God. 
I couldn't tell you the difference between box wine and one that's been in a cellar for a hundred years. They both taste the same to me. Now, my, my son has studied wine for nearly, I guess, 20 years. And when he brings out a bottle of wine to the table, he knows that person that asked for a, a 19, I don't know, 79 or something, whatever some of the names are there, he knows exactly what they're going to get. And he knows exactly he can't pull the wool over some of those eyes because he knows the difference. But like a good wine taster, a person that understands the differences, the Christian ought to be able to understand what it is that God has for our lives the more we grow in Christ, the more sensitive we come. We are in tune with this. We're tuned with the Spirit of God, being sensitive will help us respond correctly on our journey together. If not, you'll either have one or two things. You'll just miss it all together, as we mentioned earlier, or you'll have a knee-jerk reaction and say, this is where we need to turn because I think so. And when you put I before God, you're in trouble. But remember this. Just as the calloused hands of a carpenter, Jimmy White back there, I've been picking on different people today, but Jimmy White back there is a, a, a good carpenter, does that for a living, has forever, seems like. And his hands are calloused. And in that, just as a good carpenter has calloused hands, they hardened for a reason, so too the Christian's heart can become hardened, calloused, if you will and not able to really respond to God's call in their life. That's one of the saddest things to see as a Christian that's been a Christian for many, many years that has become calloused to the movement of God in their life. Are you there today, my friend? Have you lost your sensitivity? Maybe you need an adjustment in all of that. It's not that God is not speaking. It is that we need these adjustments in our sensitivity to God once again. So it is possible. It is possible that God could be speaking to you today. And you have become so desensitized. You become so desensitized that you can't hear him. Perhaps someone that is listening even to my message today cannot recall one thing that I've said in the last 30 minutes. Desensitized of what God would have you hear. Don't think that you are immune to it. Because the moment you think you're immune to it could be the very moment that you are becoming calloused in your spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 3, last verse, John chapter 3, verse number 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. Now we know that because we live in Oklahoma, don't we? And it says, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I find that an interesting verse. There's much more to say in the verses that follow, but 
And some days you, you stay outside and you can just tell it's real windy just because it's evident. The trees are like this, right? But yet other days, Mike and I have gone fishing before and we've, we've pulled up to a lake and it's just like glass. You ever been there? It's just like glass. And you have to be real still to even see if there's any breeze or feel the breeze coming at all. So perhaps today, stay sensitive to God's voice, tuning yours just a little bit, because God always speaks, but sometimes it's real soft. Maybe you find it a little strange that you're here today. You really don't know how that all happened. You weren't planning on it even yesterday, but today you just got up and you said, I think we're going to go to church, or maybe that's the one, or whatever the case is. I will tell you that God brought you here for a reason today. Because God wants you to be open to what He has for your life. He wants you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's how much He loves and loves you. So don't miss it. Stay open. He wants you to be ready for us as Christians. He wants us to be ready. And maybe you haven't found yourself with this ready attitude lately. It's been like, let somebody else do it. Let somebody else do it. And let somebody else do it. And maybe today he's telling you, I want you on my team. I want to put you in the game. And maybe today you've heard in your spirit because you were sensitive enough to listen and you're crying out right now put me in coach I'm ready to play and maybe it is that it is that you're saying put me in coach I'm ready to play again and the great thing about God is he welcomed you into his family and he welcomes you back anytime you want to come to his table Stay open, stay ready, and stay sensitive. So maybe today he's moved. Before that sensitivity goes away, before that movement of his spirit telling you right now to come and let us pray with you and for you, to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, to receive baptism, to receive what God would have for your life, before all that feeling goes away, don't tune it out. Just come. As together we stand and sing this song.